Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. So if you're not familiar with the elf and you've never watched the movie Crawl Out from Under the Rock You've Been Living Under and come and watch this great Christmas movie, it's a great one. In fact, if you've never watched the elf, you're probably wondering what happened to our sanctuary. Uh, But it looks like Buddy the Elf visited us this weekend and helped us get ready. So just in case you're unfamiliar, here is the story plot and line. Uh, Buddy was in an orphanage as an infant, infant and on one Christmas Eve, Santa arrives and is delivering gifts to the orphanage, and unbeknownst to Santa, Buddy crawls out of his crib into Santa's uh, gift bag, and then Santa loads back up in his sleigh, goes to the North Pole with Buddy in the bag and doesn't know it, and finally Buddy crawls out of the bag, and all the elves see him, and they name him Buddy because on his diaper it said Buddy Diapers, and they mistake the brand of the diapers for his name. So Buddy grows up at the North Pole with all the other elves, and he thinks he's an elf until one day uh, he's supposed to be working in the workshop, and he fails miserably at every task until finally Santa decides it's best if he tells him the truth. And so he talks to Buddy and says, Buddy, you're actually a human, and you have, you're not an elf, you're a human, and you have a father who is in New York, And so Santa sends Buddy on the adventure of his lifetime, and he goes to New York to find his dad. In the process, still living through the perspective of, I'm an elf, uh, living by the code that he taught, that he learned at the North Pole, he goes to, to New York, and ultimately, he saves Christmas. And so he, he's on this journey home. So over the next few weeks, uh, we're going to talk about this journey that he's taking home, but uh, we're going to see that uh, as he goes home, he lives by the code that he was taught when he thought he was an elf. We're going to see how that applies to life. So so with permission from Buddy, because I, uh, I recognize that I'm going to do this out of order, I talked to Buddy, and Buddy said that they weren't in any particular order in the movie, so I'm going to take some liberty, and I'm going to go in a different order. So so code number one, we're going we're gonna to change the order. Code number one, elf code number one is this, the best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear, all right? So you got to learn that. So we're going to say that. No, we're not going to say that all together. Okay. So in essence, this portion of the code, what it does is it captures this concept of sharing the news of Christmas with everyone around you. In fact, um, in some ways, the spirit of this part of the code was captured in the class, classic Christmas carol. One of my uh, uh, all-time favorites when it's done right is Go Tell It on the Mountain. Um, You've got to do it right or it's not that great. But if you do it right, uh, and I've got a version I particularly like that I won't sway you with this morning, but I kind of like it. Anyway, it's a little jazzier, a little more upbeat. Uh, but, but that's the concept is it's the idea that the good news of Christ's birth is supposed to be broadcast far and wide. That, that's the concept of the, the elf code number one. But I want you to stop and think for just a moment. I begin to rethink the account of Jesus' birth. And I want to draw your attention to something. I want you to notice that if you will, um, when you start talking about the birth of Christ, it actually kind of stands in stark contrast 
to elf code number one. Uh, we say, what are you talking about? Let me, let me see if I can help you. When Christ is born, his parents, Mary and Joseph, are doing everything they can do to stay off the grid because they're running for their life from Herod, who is a maniacal ruler, who has decided that any, any, any male child born to the Jews uh, is going to fulfill this prophecy that he finds out about. So he begins to go after the children, uh, the male, male, male children, and try to kill them. So his parents, they stay off the grid. They don't want anybody to know. And in fact... Uh, when you begin to think about it, even though family members are informed and there's angel choirs accompanying the delivery and the wise men travel from afar, uh, the news of Jesus' birth in the original account isn't really broadcast. Nobody really knows. In fact, uh, if you think about it, you're really only talking about uh, right out of about 11 people knew that Jesus was born. Mary, Joseph... Uh, you've got um, Elizabeth, Zachariah, an innkeeper. You've got three wise men. You've got Simeon, you've got Anna, and you've got Herod that were aware of Jesus' arrival. But even when you talk about all those characters, what you discover is that most of them weren't, they weren't telling anybody. Uh, okay, let me go back through them. Uh, the scripture says that Mary hid all the stuff that she learned about Jesus in her heart so nobody would know. Okay, so there's one. Uh, Joseph takes the family to Egypt to escape Herod, so he doesn't want anybody to know. The innkeeper ignores, right? Uh, the, the wise men, they come and find out about Jesus. They visit Jesus, and then they go home without telling anybody. And then you've got Simeon and Anna who talk to the parents about what they know about Jesus, but they don't really tell anybody else. Then you catch another glimpse of Jesus when he's about 12, and then he disappears for 18 years. And nobody seems to know. 11 people. Oh, wait a minute. There were at least a few more that knew. Some shepherds. We don't know how many. Uh, every nativity scene I've ever seen, it's three. I don't know if that's true. I don't know if we just run out of ceramics or what. But, but uh, three, at least three shepherds, they knew. And their account is different because they seem to be the only ones that understood elf code number one. So, so let me show you what happens when, when, when Jesus' uh, arrival is told to the shepherds and they experience Jesus. Listen to what happens. Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 15 through 18. Let me back you up before I read this and just mention to you that in verse 8, the Bible says that the angel of the Lord stood before the shepherds and the glory of the Lord shone around them. You remember? Okay, I, I just want to drop that in there because I want you, I'll come back to that. So Luke chapter 2, verses 15 through 18. See if you can catch it. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, so there were at least two, uh, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. Another version says this. As the angels' choirs withdrew into heaven, the sheep herders talked it over. Let's go over to Bethlehem as fast as we can and see for ourselves what God has revealed to us. They left running and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger, seeing, was believing. They told everyone they met what the angel had said about this child. And all who heard the sheep herders were impressed. 
That's a, different, that's a different take than everybody else in this account. And what I've discovered out of that and what I begin to think about that is this, is that the least important people are tasked with the most important message. You think about it a moment. Uh, it wasn't the wise men. It wasn't the, the, the prophet. It, it wasn't the, the, this ruler over the kingdom. It was shepherds. Shepherds are on the lowest rung of the ladder. They are the lowest echelon of society in Israel. They're the nobodies. You do recognize that the sheep herders were the dropouts. They're the ones that couldn't make it in school so they drop out and they, they go and go into their father's business and they just send them away to take care of the sheep. You do recognize that we're not talking about the cream of the crop, the, the, the highest of the... These are not celebrities. These are not superstars. These are shepherds. And then I back up to verse 8 and I remember that it says that the glory of the Lord shined around them. And I started thinking about that. I begin to think just for a moment. I'm not going to stay long here, but I just want you to think about the fact that, that when Moses, who was a man of God, who was a prophet of God, who was the deliverer of the children of Israel when they were in bondage, when he begged to see the glory of the Lord, the Bible says that God had to hide him in a rock. And he had to put, God put his own hand in front of Moses' face because he said, if you see the glory of the Lord, it will kill you. And here are some shepherds out there taking care of sheep, the nobodies of the nobodies, and they are blessed to see the glory of the Lord. And when I begin to think about that, what I think I've come to con the conclusion is this, is that it's interesting to me that the least get the most, and the least are entrusted with the most. Notice the difference between the shepherds and everybody else in this account. They were all entrusted with the same news. The wise men got the same news. Mary and Joseph had the same news. Zachariah and Elizabeth had the same news. The innkeeper probably heard the same news. They, they all get the same news. It's the, it's the greatest news. And yet, Jesus' arrival is met with absolute total silence until the shepherds hear. And they respond entirely differently. In fact, Scripture says it like this. They told everyone. Everyone they came into contact with. It doesn't say they just went and found their friends. It doesn't just say they went and found the people that followed them on Facebook. It doesn't say they went and found their favorites of their favorites. It doesn't say they went and found their family members. It doesn't even say that they waited and found people that were willing to listen. It just says that everyone they met, they told about this new baby. And what had they had discovered about him. They shared the good news. Why should our response be any less than theirs? My question this morning is, can't we also say that those who deserve nothing got everything? When we look at our own lives, as we reflect on the fact that Jesus has come, can we not reflect on our own lives and say, you know what? My righteousness is like filthy rags. My worthiness is laughable. My, my, my ability to reach to God is diminished. I cannot do it on my own. And yet Jesus came for me. And so when I recognize that Jesus came for me, shouldn't my response be more like the shepherds who, who were willing to go out and share the news and tell everybody what Jesus has done because we are called to share our story, the story of our God coming to us. The, 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 I, I, here's the truth. I can't help but sing about his goodness. I, I, can't, I, 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 I can't stop it. I, 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 it's, it, it. If we've encountered him, we, we feel this mandate inside of us. We should 
to sing about his, his arrival, his birth, because this is what I know. His birth may have been met with relative silence, but our rebirth through him must not be unsung. If, I, I know that when he got here, most people didn't say anything, and that the vast majority of people that were informed didn't say much, and they didn't broadcast it much, but, but when we just discover him and we're reborn through him, then our lives should be filled with this desire to share the news, to share the news. I, I just want to encourage you this morning that now is not the time to remain silent. Now is the time to live by elf code number one and sing loud for all to hear. I, 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 I want to encourage you to quit trying to explain what God has done. Some of y'all getting these arguments about we're trying to convince people. Quit trying to explain what God has done and instead just share your experience. Has God been good to you? Has God uh, turned your life around? Has God turned your night into day? Has God turned your death into life? Has God turned your morning into dancing? Has God done anything for you? Because if he's done all of that for you, then out of you there should come this desire to share what the experience of what God has done. What better news do you have? I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe your new car is better news. No? Maybe your favorite team is better news. Maybe the we- maybe maybe the the, the 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 weather's better. No, we talk about all this other stuff and we sing the news of all this other stuff, but all of that pales in comparison to this fact. Jesus loves me. And he loved me so much that he came and he lived among us and he died for me. And that feels that's the greatest news. Which brings me to the second point. And that is why is it important to share this good news? And it is this. Good news is only good news if, if, if it's shared news. Good news is only good news if it's shared news. In fact, what I've discovered is that good news becomes a bad secret when it's not told. If you've got good news and you don't ever tell anybody, is it really good news? It's just news. And, in, and this, is my, this is my contention this morning. Against the backdrop of fake news and a lot of bad news and news that nobody wants and overwhelming news and against the backdrop of all the despair and agony, we have the best news to share. But the best news has to be shared in order for it to be good news. Can I tell you that right now, is the time that we need to share the news of a Savior who brings hope and forgiveness and freedom. That is the best news, especially since at this time of the year, people are more inclined to be looking for good news than any other time of the year. They're willing, a lot of times in this season, they're more willing to listen than any other time. And so we cannot remain silent. We have the best news. We are like the shepherds. We have experienced, we have encountered, we have witnessed. And now it is time to go and share that news with others while they're ready to listen. See, people's hearts are more prepared right now. People are looking for hope in this moment. People are thinking about faith in this moment. But they're looking and somebody has to share the news that it's not just about reindeer and it's not just about snowmen and it's not just about gifts under a tree, that there's truth behind Christmas. In fact, 
I read this statement this week, and I think it's important for us to understand, but more than just understand in our, our head, to capitalize on this truth. Here it is right here. Non-religious people cannot help but find that the older meaning of Christmas keeps intruding uninvited, for instance, through the music of traditional Christmas carols. And now that's important, but I want you to hear what this next statement says. And to understand Christmas is to understand basic Christianity, the gospel. So do you recognize that while they tune their channel to Christmas music all day long for, for, I don't know, a month, that while they're singing the songs that they grew up on and makes them nostalgic, some of, not all the songs, because like singing about one of uh, hippopotamus for Christmas doesn't really do this, but Away in the Manger and Silent Night, and little drummer boy, and go tell it on the mountain, that all of a sudden, whether they mean for it or not, whether they mean it to happen or not, while they're singing the songs in the privacy of their own car, wearing their Santa hat with the reindeer nose on the front of their car, they're learning the basic truth of Christianity. They're learning the gospel. And as believers, it is incumbent upon us to grasp this moment and to drive home the truth that what we've encountered and what we've experienced is what they're singing about in their car. And then we come along and we tell them, it's true. It's not just Christmas carols. It's the truth. See, what was absent or lacking at his birth has now fallen to us. Broadcasting is now our responsibility. The, the odd passage of scripture take take you to uh, during the Christmas season, but but go ye into all the world, making disciples. He he's literally putting a mandate, a mantle. The shepherd's mantle has fallen to us. That what we are supposed to do is go into the world, and we're so. What are we supposed to tell them? Unto us, unto me, a child was born, and he saved my life, and he set me free. And so this morning, what I want to say to you is that often in this season, we're way too quiet about Him. Even, even those of us that know the truth get distracted. Even those of us that have encountered Him get caught up in sleigh bells and jingle bells and uh, uh, elves. And we miss the opportunity to tell people about Him. I want to say to you this morning that our life sings. It either sings about him or it sings about something else. Our life either sings about his goodness or it sings about our pain. Our life sings about his peace or, it's, or we begin to sing about our panic. Our life either sings about his joy or it sings about our junk. Your Facebook stream, your timeline, your Twitter feed sings a song. And it either sings about his love or it sings about our lack. Our life is a song that people listen to. And our life song must point to him in this season. Every day our attitude, every day our actions, every day our conversations, they are literally a song that is being sung as we record our conversations, as we dictate uh, attitudes, as we go into our workplace, as we go into our, our school, as we shop with crazy people during the Christmas season. Our, our life sings. I, I just want to challenge you this morning. 
Check your song. What kind of singer, what, what kind of song are you singing? Some of y'all singing some blues. Some of y'all sing more about, like, sounds more like a hee-haw song. Uh, y'all remember that? Some, that's way past some of these kids sitting here. They're like, ooh. But doom and despair, I'm all by myself. I don't have enough. Nobody likes me. Nobody loves me. I'm, uh, 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 somebody somewhere did me bad. And I just want to challenge you that some of your songs sound sad. Some of them sound bluesy. Some of them sound crazy. But, but, but could I just encourage you to check your song? Because your song is how people are going to find out about him. Okay, so let me see. Hear the words. When I was a seeker, I, saw, I sought both night and day. And I asked the Lord to help me. And he showed me the way. He made me a watchman upon a city wall. And if I'm a Christian, I'm the least of all. The least get the most important message. Go tell it on the mountain. Over the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain. Our Jesus Christ is born. Or said another way. The best way to spread Christmas cheer. Is singing loud. For all to hear. Who are you singing to? Who's... Who's dialed into your song? Some of y'all don't. Have you ever seen those folks that don't know people are listening to them? It's hilarious. You pull up next to them at the stoplight and they've got the window down and they're singing as loud as they can and you crack your window about this, just, about this much just to listen to them and it's hilarious. Did you know that people are cracking their window and they're cracking their heart and they're cracking their ear just a little bit to hear you and every time you open your mouth and every time you interact at work and every time you interact at the store and every time you post and every time you, you log in, people are listening to your song. And my question is, is who is your song pointing to? I think we should follow the shepherd's example. Verse 20 of, the, of this same account. I didn't read it to you, but it's interesting. It says this. It says, the sheep herders returned. I love this version. It's a different version. The sheep herders returned, and this is what they did. They let loose. They let loose and they glorified, praising God for everything they had heard and seen. I just want to encourage you, some, some of you, this, this, during this Christmas season, because Christmas season after Christmas season after Christmas season, you've been hiding out like Mary and Joseph from Herod. You've been keeping the news to yourself like the wise men. You maybe even ignored it like the innkeeper. But this Christmas season, I want to challenge you to be like the shepherds. Let loose. Open up your life and begin to sing about him. And may your song, sung by the least important, be louder than all the competing voices who think they're the most important. So that those that need to hear it most have the ability to get home for Christmas. In fact, I want to say this to you and then I'll get out of your way. I want to say to you that there are people that you are connected to and that you will come into contact with this Christmas season that their ability to get home depends entirely upon them hearing your song. I think I'm going to say that again. I, I, I just want to challenge you this morning that as you approach this Christmas, Christmas season, please understand that there are people that you will come into contact with, that there are people that you will bump elbows with, there are people that you will have time with in this season that you don't have in any other season. And their ability to get home depends entirely upon 
whether or not you're willing to open up your life and sing your song and check your song to make sure that as they listen to you sing, they hear and see Him. We have been tasked as the least important with the most important message. And the most important message is that Jesus saves. That the story of Christmas is not a fairy tale. It is real. That a Savior was born. That He came to rescue us. That He made it possible for us to have relationship with a God that we would never otherwise have the ability to have relationship with. And we ought to be filled with a drive to tell everybody we come into contact with. Well, they won't want to listen. Doesn't matter. They, they, they won't like what I've got to say. Doesn't matter. I'm not very loud. Doesn't matter. It's not my gift. Doesn't matter. If you've been exposed to the goodness of Jesus, our life should be filled with the mandate to share the good news. So, Father, this morning my prayer is simply this. I pray that in this season you would cause us to become more bold and loud than we've ever been in our lives before. I pray that as we walk through this Christmas season together, we would live by elf code number one. We would sing loud with our life. Every, every statement, every conversation, every side conversation, every action, every post, everything, every behavior would all point to Jesus. And it would be, we would live in such a way that everything that we do would be so attractive to people that they would want what we have. I pray this morning that you would let us let loose. I pray that people in this room that have been bashful about Jesus, that have been quiet about Jesus, that have been nervous about saying the name of Jesus, that have been nervous about sharing the news of Jesus, I pray that instead what would take place this season is that you would release us to share the good news. It's only good news if we share it. So God, I pray that we would take the opportunity while people are learning the basics of Christianity, the gospel. I pray that you would allow us to be bold and that we would check our song and that we would sing loud for everybody to hear. And I pray that as we do that, people's lives would be changed and they would come to know your son Jesus as more than just some fairy tale account that takes place every December, I pray that instead they would meet him as the savior of the world, the one that can set them free and heal them, the one that can deliver them and bring peace and joy into their life, the one that can meet all their, make all their dreams come true, the one that can complete them, the one that can help them find out their identity, the one that can find, help them find their purpose, the one that can make provision come into their life. And Father, how do we know that he can do that? Because we've experienced it. And so I pray that we would be bold enough to share the good news that we have with everyone around us. I pray that you would put the mantle of the shepherds on us this season so that countless scores of people that never really understood the good news will recognize that Jesus is real and that they can have relationship with him. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Seth.
It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.